Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by Reb Nachman Seltzer, author of a brand new fascinating biography about Rav Yitzhak Shiner, the Rosh Yeshiva of the Kamenetzi Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. Thank you Reb Nachman for being here, or thank you for talking to us from your home in Ramat Beit Shemesh, correct? Correct. So thank you for your time. This brand new biography about Rabbi Shiner is very unique. Uh, it's another feather in your cap, beautifully written, inspiring about the life of an American kid who grew up to become one of the G'dayle Adar, which is, you know, uh, kind of in the world of Ruchnius, it's a rags to riches story that's really incredibly inspirational. Uh, and I'm sure that whoever reads it, young and old, will be inspired by how a kid went from going to public school and I believe it was Peabody Public School. Peabody High. Peabody High. Peabody High. I don't know, is it still in existence? I have no idea. Peabody High? I have no idea. I don't know, but I don't know if Peabody High knows what their, you know, one of their, alum, one, one of their alumni went on to become uh, a, a Veltra Sheshiva. Uh, so let's start here. Talk about Rabbi Shiner's youth in Pittsburgh, and at what point did it happen that he was turned on to Tyra? where a kid going to public school was able to become a real Ben Taira. So it's interesting. Rabbi Shiner himself didn't talk about this part of his life until his wife passed away. Only after the Rebetzin, the granddaughter of, the, of Rabbi Baruch Ber, passed away, did he start talking about it because he knew she didn't like it. She didn't want to talk about it. To, him, she, to, to her, he was the Rosh Yeshiva. But once the Rebetzin was no longer here, he spoke a lot of times to American audiences, he would speak about his experiences and he would tell the story of how he became who he became. And he said, you know, before a baby's born, there's a baskel that goes out. And the baskel says that Yitzchak Shiner is going to marry the granddaughter of Baruch Ber. And how's that possible? He's in, he's in uh, Pittsburgh and she's in Vilna. And he uh, comes from a family, and they're not Tamid Chachamim at that point, and she comes from a Baruch Ber's family. How is that possible? How is such a thing going to happen? It's like almost impossible. And through a huge series of events, what happened? Now, he, he was, his parents were tremendously Elchayidin. His father was Moisenefesh for Shabbos. He left Europe, and he was Mamish Moisenefesh. He worked in a job that he, he, he had a bakery that he sold challahs so that he shouldn't have to work on shops. And his mother used to cry, and he credits, his, he credits what he became with the fact that his mother used to cry buckets of tears when she, when she benched licht Friday night, davening to Hashem that her, that her son should stay strong in America. But tachlis, what happened? He, he was close to the Rav in Pittsburgh. And who was the Rav in Pittsburgh? Tzvi Meyer Zilberberg's grandfather. He was the Rav in Pittsburgh. And he used to give chizik to this kid. And later on, when he was already a Talmud Chacham, he would send letters to Rabbi Meir Zilberberg's grandfather, Rabbi Zilberberg in Pittsburgh. But he still didn't learn that much with him. And his parents never dreamed of sending him to yeshiva because they didn't even know about yeshivas in America. There are no yeshivas in America. And then when, one day, Rabbi Bender's grandfather, he was a fundraiser. And he comes to Pittsburgh fundraising. Usually he went to Squirrel Hill. To, he didn't go to that neighborhood. But that, that trip, he happened to go to that neighborhood. And where do you stay? You stay by a family that keeps kosher. Which family keeps kosher in that neighborhood? The Shiner family. And he comes to the, to the house and he sees Isidore Shiner. And he says, 
he talks to him a little bit. He realizes this guy, this kid is very smart. He was very smart. He was going to be a professor of mathematics, Latin. He was a master at chess. He was very smart. And he, really, he says to the parents, why don't you send him to yeshiva? And they're like, what, there's yeshiva? There's yeshiva in America? He's like, yes. Yes. Hmm. And he ends up going first to YU. From YU, he got sick that winter and needed to, to recuperate. And he ends up going to Kat Masifta. In Kat Masifta, he's in, he has two friends, one who played baseball with him and one who told him the, 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 the Torah of Shleim Haiman. And they convinced him that he will be able to stag tremendously in Torah Vedas. And he ends up falling in love with the Torah of Shleim Haiman. And he goes to Torah Vedas. And he becomes a Talmud Muvuk of Shleim Haiman. His Rebbe for the rest of his life. Right, I want to I wanna present the question a little differently. I'll tell you why. Because people are going to read this book. Are going to wonder as follows. Here we are, whether in Eretz Yisrael or America. Kids are growing up with a, a, a proverbial silver spoon in their mouth. They have everything they need. They have arts girls svarim. They have every item of ruchnius and gashmius that they would need to grow into something substantial. You have everything. And yet, and yet not every kid grows into something substantial. And here you have a kid coming out of Peabody High School who grows up to be extraordinary. So the obvious question is, what's the secret? What, what, what did you get out of writing this biography, what secret could you share with parents to, you know, to, that they could instill or that they could apply in their life so that uh, maybe their kid can't grow up to be a Rabbi Yitzhak Shiner, but that they could grow up to some kind of, see some kind of uh, greatness on some level? First of all, like I said to you before, Rabbi Shiner credited the reason he became who he became because his mother shed buckets of tears when she benched Lich Friday night. And every mother today could shed buckets of tears for their child. It doesn't matter that it's not 100 years ago. If you want your child to be matzliach, cry. Cry when you bench licht. What, you can't cry today? You could cry today also, just like you cried 100 years ago. Cry. Rav Shiner said that's why he credited that. That was the reason. That's number one. And number two, what happened? He came to Torah Vedas, and he met the Rebbe of Shloimeh. And the Rebbe of Shloimeh, he loved the Rebbe of Shloimeh. And his Torah touched him. And the, the Rebbe of Ruvain. And his Torah touched him. He became Chavrusas of Ruvain. Not only that. What did he see? Of Shraga Faival. Shalish Shudis. Zmirash was of Shraga Faival. Turned on his Ruchnius button. And it never turned off again. And Rosh Hashanah used to say, we don't need a Muslim Seder in Torah Das because we have Rosh Hashanah of Fival's Miras. You understand? You want to know what happened? He got to Torah Das and he met some of the greatest leaders of the last 100 years. They were all there. And they all saw this boy and they took him under their wing and they adopted him and they gave him what they had and it worked. And he, he was thirsty and he was macabre. And he, for the rest of his life, it was the Rebbe of Shloimeh. It was the Rebbe of Ruvain. And he was very smart. But it wasn't just the fact that he was very smart. You know, uh, I've, heard, I've heard quite a few times that despite the fact that he grew into the Kamenetzer of Shashiva, many times throughout his life, he didn't want to paskin on certain things. Because he would say, Maya Havas is not B'Shleimus. It's not, it doesn't have enough of a totality because I went to public school till age 
16 or whatever it is. But that was his tremendous humility that we saw from him, that despite all his godless and despite his asmada and his goyness, he always kind of put himself down in that sense, which is just uh, also inspirational. But moving on, I want to go to a specific inspirational story in the book where he gives up his bed to a bacher, and the bacher ends up going on to hold a pretty prominent position and kind of it comes full circle. Tell our viewers about that. So I'm in, I'm in the yeshiva, in Kamenetz yeshiva, the Rechlitz building on Rechov Yechesko, and I'm sitting there in the Rosh Shiva's, his, his apartment in, the Rech, in that building, and in walks the mashkiach of Kamenetz of Pirchas Green. And Pirchas Green, so he's uh, also from out of town, from St. Louis, and he told me his story, how he, be, how he his struggled to become a Tamar Chacham. And I asked him, you know, tell me your connection. How far back does it go with Rosh Hashiva? And he said his connection goes all the way back to his own father, who was the tremendous Tamar Chacham. But he almost didn't become a Tamar Chacham because when he got to Torah Vadas, and he was like 10, 11 years old, a young kid, and he got there, somehow they forgot to assign him a bed that night. So this 10-year-old kid is in yeshiva and he's saying to himself, I don't have a bed. There's no way in the world I'm staying here. No one cares about me. If this is the way they run the yeshiva, tomorrow I'm taking the train back to St. Louis. What happens? A bacher passes him in the hallway. And the bacher sees this 10-year-old kid crying. And he says to him, what's wrong? And he says, I don't have a bed. So the bacher says, no, no, you do have a bed. It's my job. It was my job to make sure you have a bed. I'm very sorry I let you down. Let me take you to your bed now. And he takes this boy, this kid, to the bed. And he puts him to bed. The next morning, this boy wakes up and he goes out to the hallway and he sees the bacher of Yitzchak Shiner sleeping in the hallway. And he realizes that he gave him his bed. There was no question after that of going back to St. Louis. And his son became the Mashkiach of Kamenetz today. Another amazing anecdote in the book is the Switzerland soup story. Tell us about that. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories, okay? I love this story. I've said it over in speeches, even way before the book came out. This is a story that captured me. I was talking to this person named Asker Vassing. Asker Vassing lives in Petach Tikva. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Yitzchak Shino when he became the Rosh Hashiva in Montreux in Switzerland. What happened was his shver, Rabbi Ber son-in-law, he wasn't well, and he went to Switzerland to, uh, to recuperate. And then the, and they sent message to the family of Shalayim that, that he needs to have his children with him, to take care of him. So Rabbi Yitzchak Shiner came with his wife and children, and they lived in Macho for four years. And there he became the Rosh Yeshiva of this Yeshiva in Switzerland. Now one of the Talmidim, Askevasing, told me the story. He said that he was a, a, Holocaust, he was a Holocaust survivor. And in the Yeshiva... They, the, they didn't have Bein Azmanim, like per se. It was more that in the summer, in the morning, Rav Yitzchak Shai would come in and say, today you have half a day off, you have a whole day off. And uh, one day he comes, the Roshiva comes in and says, today boys, you have a, a day off. So ask her, what do most boys do? They go swimming in the lakes, the beautiful lakes in Switzerland, really in the Flores of Boire. Everyone knows what the Switzerland. But ask is not so much into the swimming, ask likes mountain climbing. So I said to him, what, you have like, like you're a professional, you're amateur, what are you... He says, professional enough, I have the equipment, I have the shoes, I have the pick, I have the, I, I, I'm good at it. So he's about to leave the yeshiva to go mountain climbing. And a bacher comes over to a friend and says, can I go with you? Now it happens to be, 
if going mountain climbing is a very dangerous sport, but if you don't know how to go mountain climbing, it's suicidal. And for whatever reason, Askevasi made a mistake and he said to this kid, you can come with me. And they leave the yeshiva, no one knows where they went, and they start doing this climb. And it went very slow, especially this boy did not know how to climb. Ask God to help him, and they slipped and they fell. And eventually, it's already late, it's already dark, and they reach a place where they can't continue the climb. They're stuck. The mountain face, they can't go further. He said, if it was just me, maybe somehow I would have managed to jump five feet, climb up, but this kid couldn't do it. So we had to retrace our steps. It's already 10.30 at night, dark. We have to go down the mountain all the way to the bottom, slipping and sliding. The, 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 the branches are cutting our faces. We're like a huge mess. And by the time we get down to the bottom, it's 12 o'clock at night. And then it takes another half an hour to get back into the village. And we get to the village, exhausted, destroyed. And the lights are on. And the army's there. The police, they're all looking for these boys. And they realize they're looking for them. They said, you're looking for us? This is who you look we're, It's us. We're back. They can shut the lights. And the army leaves, and a boy says to Oscar, he says, Oscar, I'm very, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Makana you. I'm not Makana you. The Rosh Hashim wants to see you. And Oscar told me, by that time of night, he was so, so tired. He, it didn't even talk to him at all. The fact that Rosh Hashim wanted to see him didn't mean anything. He was so exhausted. But the other boy said, I don't want to come. I'm scared. You go by yourself. And Asuka says, all right, I'm going in. He gets to the yeshiva. He gets to the yeshiva. He sees a Yitzchak Shiner standing there. Now, most people, if you see the Rosh Yeshiva, after you put him through what he went through that day, thinking the boys fell down the mountain, you could see that he, he went through Mamish Gehenim. His face was white. You know, most of us have been in camp. We've been in yeshiva. We've been in situations in school. The principal yells at us. The head castle yells at us. We know what to expect. They're going to send you home. They're going to threaten you. We know, we know how it goes. Asker is so exhausted, he doesn't care. Rabbi Shana, he doesn't say a word to him. He takes him to the office. He takes out a first aid kit. He bandages his wounds. He cleans off the blood. He puts on the band-aid. And then he says to him, I'm taking you to my house. And then he gets into a taxi. He takes it to his house. On the table, there's a bowl of soup. Hot. I don't know how he told the rabbit, the soup is waiting for me. But listen to this. And this is why I say this is a story from 500 years ago. Because Rabbi Yitzchak Shiner knows that this kid is so exhausted, he can't even eat it himself. He feeds him the soup, spoonful after spoonful, until the bowl is empty. To me, this is, it's a story from, I don't know where, 500, a thousand years ago. This is chinuch in its purest sense. When he finishes, he takes him back to yeshiva in a taxi. He brings him to his room. He helps him get into pajamas. He puts him into his bed. He covers him with a blanket. And he says to him, I beg of you, please don't do it again. Wow. Unbelievable. After that, Asuka said, Asuka said, that was it. If he would have yelled at me, I don't know what I would. If he would have said, can never do that, I don't know what I would have said. He didn't yell at me. He gave me soup. He fed me soup. For the next 60 years, he was my Rebbe. Every time I came to Yushalayim, I put on a hat and jacket to go visit him. That was it. He was kind to me forever. Wow. And he was kind to hundreds, if not thousands, of Talmidim with that tremendous love. Unbelievable, overflowing love and personal care. And those who learned by Rabbi Yitzhak Shainer remember his shiurim, his go'inus, his ahavasatayra. He, he had such chain. People 
who went in for brachas. They walked out transformed. They felt like different people. But for those who didn't learn by Rabbi Yitzchak, for those who didn't meet him, many of them on American shores, what they remember about him is his iconic drasha by the Siyam Ashas, the 12th Siyam Ashas of Dafyemi at MetLife Stadium. Who would have known that one of the highlights would be the drasha of Rabbi Yitzchak Shiner? But what we learn in this book, which is absolutely fascinating, is that the drasha that we heard here at MetLife Stadium from Rabbi Yitzhak Shainer was not the drusha that he prepared to deliver. Talk about that and what exactly happened between the preparation and the delivery. It's an incredible story. That was where Rabbi Yitzhak Shainer became a god that all America wanted to, to come to. They wanted to call him. They, their family, after that story, had to change his number because the phone wouldn't stop ringing and he always answered the phone. And they eventually had to change the number. It was... It was the amount of traffic after that was... What happened? He wrote a speech. He, they flew him in, and he wrote... He was supposed to give the keynote speech at the biggest stage in the world. The Siyam Hashas is the biggest stage in the Jewish world. And Yitzhak Shah is giving the keynote speech. He spent a lot of time <coughs> writing the speech. Rabbi Avram Biederman was the one who drove him to MetLife. And he told me, he said, the Rosh Hashiva gave me the speech in the car. He, he, so I should go over it. He gave my wife the speech. Go over the speech. Do you like the speech? Is it a good speech? We gave our skama to the speech. Great speech. Okay. Now I'm sitting in the audience, he tells me. And Rabbi Yitzhak Shiner, they announce Rabbi Yitzhak Shiner. He gets up to speak. Now, again, greatest stage in the world. Keynote speaker. Everyone wants to hear what you have to say. He first starts off a speech quoting Rav Aaron Leib. For five minutes he speaks, he, he, he reads a letter from Rav Aaron Leib. Okay, after that, he says, he takes his speech out of his pocket. He says, I wrote a speech. But then he folds it up and he gives it back to his Mishamish. I don't want it. And, and you, on, if you watch a video, you can watch the video of, of the Sea Mashas, and you see his, his, his Mishamish saying to him, Rosh Yeshiva, Rosh Yeshiva, take the speech. And he says, no, I don't want the speech. And nobody knows what's going on. He says, I have to tell you, I never heard Rabbi Sacha Fran speak in my life. What a speaker. That Rabbi Fran, unbelievable. And what does he do? He takes his keynote address. They flew him in from Eretz Yisrael to speak. And he talks about Rabbi Fran's speech. He doesn't talk about his speech. He puts his speech away. He talks about Rabbi Fran's speech. And he says, Rabbi Fran, what a speech. And Rabbi Fran said this, we have to do this. And let me give you two ideas how to implement Rabbi Fran's speech. Everyone understood that this person has no, he has no eye. He has no ego. He's completely cool on the shame Shemayim. After that, everyone in America wanted to come to his house. They wanted to meet him. They wanted to speak to him because they understood this is a real Godel. He doesn't care. It doesn't mean anything to him. Covered means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. He'll put his own speech away. He's talking about my friend. Unbelievable. I could tell you that it being one of the 100,000 people who were in attendance at that Siyamashas, we were standing there in awe, just blown away. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. And the reaction at the time, I remember, people described, what was Rabbi Yitzhak Shiner's drasha like? It was like our Zaydi was speaking to us. We felt, every single person felt, 
We had a loving father, a Zayda, one of the G'dayladar speaking to us like a Zayda to children. It was an incredible experience, and you describe it so beautifully in this book. And this book is full of inspiring stories that parents, children, grandparents, anyone of any age are going to be inspired by what you did here. And Reb Nachman, I need one promise from you, that at a different stage and time, we need to discuss exactly how you do this. How do you put out book after book, and each one seems to be better than the next. So we thank you for your latest contribution to the world of Tyra literature, to the world of Tyra inspiration, this biography about Rabbi Yitzhak Shiner. Any final comment before we wrap up our conversation? Rabbi Yitzhak always used to say, he would say, I'm just an American boy. And, I, and he, when, he, when, he, when Rabbi Yitzhak Tzvi Finkel was Nifter, Rabbi Yitzhak was in L.A., and they asked him to speak to the yeshiva. And he said, the only difference between me and Rav Nassim Tzvi was that he was a Cubs fan and I was a Pirates fan. And he said that line. The point was, he would, he would, why did he say that line? He said that line because he knew that he would connect to American boys who love sports. And he wanted them to understand that every single person, no matter if they spent years on a certain thing, they could still become a Gadol Batayra. And he, he says, look at me, I did it. There was no way in the world that a shidduch should have happened between a Baruch Bear's granddaughter and a kid from Peabody High. But the Baskal said, and it had to happen. But you know what? Every American kid, and this was something he told them, he said it over many times, every single one can do it. That's the idea. I think to take from this book, I mean, I believe this book is tremendous in the sense that it's a, a, it's a chinuch manual. You'll read the stories about him in, in the cheder and kamenetz and in the yeshiva. It's tremendous. Mamish, he was a gun, he was a psychologist, he was a brilliant therapist. He was all of the above. But when he spoke to American boys, he always would give them over the message. It's okay if you were into it. It's fine. And the moment you understand what the ikr in life is, you're going to be able to become a huge Tamad Chacham and a Tzaddik, and who knows, the sky is the limit. And that's the message which he gave over, and he changed so many lives with this approach. The acceptance, the love, countless lives. Tamidim, you read the book of the Chavusa Shafs he had with so many American boys, Israeli boys, European boys, the lives he changed in the most unassuming way just because he cared so much about every Talmud, and he viewed himself as, that was his life. He was there to educate, and he did his, 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 his the Ratzon Hashem from beginning to end. But that was the message he always gave. You can also be, do what I did. You could do what Abnas and Svi did. You could become a Gadol, just like I did. I was a boy from Peabody High. You could also. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Nachman. <laughs>